This is Safe Cell Chanel, episode 22. If you're new to this podcast, this podcast is dedicated to the different ways I see even sell the week prior. It's raw, unedited, some uh, audio diary to help keep me accountable for the different ways I save and sell the week prior and to help me on my healthy wage journey, debt-free journey, and my reselling journey. And today is June 2nd, 2019. And it's really interesting. I do have a lot of things that I'm going to talk about today. I'm not really going to use the same format that I've used in my previous podcasts. Um, In terms of um, what I really want to focus on today is really selling and the topic of summer slowdown and a lot of inside hustle opportunities. I know a lot of you aren't resellers or you sell on e-commerce to make extra money. Um... So I'm going to try to change my strategy during the summertime. And right now, there's something that's called a summer slowdown where sales on e-commerce typically really slow down where you're not getting usually the same amount of sales that you normally get on a daily basis. And that's normal if you're not used to being an um, e-commerce seller or not having a side hustle. A lot of people start to freak out and say something's wrong with my um, my closet, whether it's on Poshmark or their eBay store or Mercari, and there are some strategies that you can use to try to combat it. But if we look at it in terms of get get out of our tunnel vision and really look at the general what's going on with society right now, there this is the time after people graduation is over, the kids are out of school, and a lot of people are going on vacation and are being more mindful of how they're spending their money. And it's going to be a lot of things, especially if people have to pay for their kids to be at daycare while they are at, or to pay for a babysitter while they're at work, whereas they would go to school and they'd have that opportunity. There are different factors. A lot of people do start taking vacations and are more mindful of how they use their disposable income. So that impulse purchase to buy a t-shirt or a top, especially if you're in the fashion niche, it starts to get harder for you to make sales that way. So what I want to talk about today is going to be how to combat some of the summer slowdown, my strategies, and my thoughts on Poshmark's new market, which is the home decor or home goods market, and what my strategy is going to be for that. So for if you listen to my previous podcasts, um, you've noticed that I do sell not only on eBay, I do have two stores on eBay, and I also sell on Poshmark, Mercari, and Depop. Now, because most of the items that I sell are definitely for fashion and clothing, During summertime, I try to diversify and sell more home goods or hard goods and unique items. So in terms of that, I try to sell on those platforms, but you also need to start seeing if you need to do local um, sales, such as maybe bigger items and selling items locally, whether it's through Facebook Marketplace, using OfferUp or Five Miles or LetGo. Trying to sell more unique vintage finds, I'm going to be going back to doing that. And now that my husband is off of work, he is a teacher, He um, we're going to try to do this um, new experiment or this new series where he and I create a new closet together for him, more of a male's perspective view 
of selling on Poshmark. Now, you may be saying that's counterintuitive to what I just said, which is so clothing is slowing down. Um, why would you do that? But in terms of his closet, the way that I'll be selling his items will be in more of a bundle format. And that's going to be something where on my YouTube channel, I'll share what the prices are. And um, because I typically don't share how much I buy things with other people, um, especially because of all the other hate that goes to other resellers when you start going on their Poshmark closets and they start lowballing you because they know exactly how much you paid for an item. So um, that's going to be one of those things where I'm trying to build his closet so that when it goes back to going back to school or in the winter season, we'll be able and ready to go for Q4. That's really what this is the perfect opportunity. I know people are so concerned about their sales right now, especially if you're on a debt-free journey. And I totally understand and understand the struggle because I just came back from my trip to Chicago. And that trip, I didn't have any sick days or vacation days to use. So I took five business days off. And so I lost a whole week worth of a paycheck. And for me, I'm going to have to really use e-commerce as much as possible and surveys to help me out. Now the thing is with the e-commerce sales, it's unpredictable, so I'm going to have to go a different route to get that extra money. And lately I I try to put a hold on doing all of my YouTube because I haven't I used to have consistent sales on e-commerce or on Poshmark just by sharing and making sales. But because it's gotten so much harder to make those sales consistently, I had to put a stop on creating YouTube videos and really focus on listing as much as I, as I possibly could. Now in last week's podcast, I said that I was trying to only be around 200 active listings or so, but now I've kind of changed my business strategy to where I'm gonna try to challenge myself to get up to 500 active listings in terms of uh, the, what I can post on Poshmark. Now that means it's gonna be more items on eBay and um, that because I have to make sure I'm still within the limitations of eBay. So on eBay, I have a starter store and the maximum that I can list every single month is 100. But lately, because of summer slowdown, and this is how I know e-commerce sites are getting desperate as well to get more people onto their site to make sales. Because keep in mind, they only make money if we make money, and if no one's making money, they're definitely not making money. So I've been noticing on eBay, they've been post, um, really giving like 500 free listings. And on Poshmark, they're really pushing for doubling the referral code, such as it's normally $5 if you sign someone up and they make they get a $5 credit for their towards their first purchase. Right now, it's $10. You get $10 and they get $10 if towards their first purchase. Now that $10 is normal on Mercari, so, and a lot of people use Mercari already because it's more of that garage sale vibe. And unlike Let Go or Offer Up or Five Miles, I feel like Mercari is being used a lot more just to find good deals and you don't have to worry about shipping labels and all the different hassles of putting a sale together and shipping it out. So, Right now, I can tell that all of these other platforms are really struggling to just get people to buy on their platform. 
But with all the people trying to be concerned about how they're going to use their money, it's it's going to be one of those things where you have to find another avenue to make extra money. Now, I don't want to tell you to like go get another part-time job. That's not what I'm going to be doing. What I will be doing is trying to make sure that I do have more time to take surveys, whether it's on inbox dollars, on swag bucks, and on quick thoughts. And I'll also try to make set aside time to go to the physical location. There is a survey place called... Um, Oh, what is it called? I think it's, oh, it's Test America, where it's a physical location in a mall, and you do have to wait, and you have to also ask to see whether whether or not you qualify for the surveys that they have available at that time. Now, one of the ways that I try to maximize my time while I'm at the mall, I just don't go there and realize I'm not qualified for it, is I'll go on a Saturday um, when I need to go get my eyebrows done, and then I'll just stop by to see if there's anything that I qualify for. Now, typically, if you qualify for a survey, you go through the process. They'll just give you a check right there, and they'll write out a check to you, and then you're good to go on with your day. And some of us other testing ones may take longer, like a perfume or 30-day where you get 15 to $30. So it just really depends on the type of surveys that they have available. And it's really good. I mean, keep in mind that's extra money you wouldn't have had otherwise. So see if there is a Test America near you. And if that, if that is opportunity, especially if you, right now you just need extra money or you have the time to do it, I would recommend doing that. I'm also trying to see if I can, if I have more time to take surveys on Global Test Market. Global Test Market, I used it in the past. The only problem was that they were very time consuming and it took me a really long time to get to the hundred dollar mark that I wanted to get to to take it out of my PayPal but it is doable if you have the time especially if you're a college student who's working part-time and you're off of school this uh, this summer or you're a teacher who's who doesn't really want to go get a side hustle and is just reselling online and you know it's really trying to take a break um, taking surveys is another way that you can get, bring extra income in. Um, and of course, you always have all of these other side hustles. My husband's going to be doing Uber Eats for the summer just to get out of the house and have some sort of human er interaction. So there are side hustles, and I always say that we're really blessed to be living in a time where you can use the internet to help you create extra income because there are only 24 hours in the day, and I really want you to maximize your time and not waste all of your time doing things making other people money but finding time for things that you are happy about and passionate about. Now going back to some of the other ways that I'm changing my business strategy. So prior to I only want to post 200 items or have 200 active listings at a time. My strategy now is going to be pushing myself to see how many listings that I ha can have as, as much as possible. In addition, I want to clear out my house. I have a lot of inventory, and I, I'm going to admit I have a lot of death piles. And it's because I've just accumulated a lot of things. And also, I downsized. I used to have a um, storage unit, and it was huge. And then I really needed to save money because I was paying $150 a month just to house my belongings in there and by that time I realized I could be using this money and putting it towards my debt. So I brought all of that in and it's taking up a lot of space in my garage and I need to find the time to post all those things. 
and I really want to take back the space in my house and get more organized and just have more inner peace in the area that I'm in. And also, um, since I'm getting acquiring more things for my sister, I really want to make sure that I have room for items that matter to me. And um, that's why going in the summertime, I plan on really posting more, not being as active on social media, and just being, being really mindful of how I spend my time. Um, I also want to talk about the Poshmark home goods thing. This has been, I've been seeing a lot of negative things on social media in regards to that, and I completely understand why a lot of people are really upset about it. And the reason why a lot of people are upset about that is because it's starting to have that Mercari and eBay feel. So in terms of Poshmark, and then I looked at home goods, the home goods category on Poshmark, I, I feel that a lot of people, especially new sellers, now the problem that we're having is for people who are brand brand new and we've been pushing this referral code to just get someone on the platform where someone doesn't know what the niche is, what the, the point of the app is to be more of a fashion and style app. And if you start to think of it as a similar to a Mercari app, then you're just going to have everything thrown in there. And that's when it does start to become more of a garage sale vibe. The thing that I have in terms of, I, I'm actually on the side of the home goods market, and I really... After looking at it, and I'll show you some of the, I'll tell you some of the categories that it says that it could be, so, like you could sell. It says what home goods are allowed on Poshmark. The following home goods are allowed on Poshmark. Under category of accents, you have accent pillows, baskets and bins, candles, coffee table books, curtains and drapes, decor, doormats, faux florals, furniture covers, picture frames. And from there you start thinking, well, these things are really bulky and what's going on with that prepaid label of up to five pounds? Just keep in mind it's going to challenge people to really be mindful and now have to weigh their items. Because prior to, and one of the luxuries of Poshmark was that you knew based on the weight whether or not it was around five pounds. And especially if you're just selling like three t-shirts, that's not going to weigh anything you didn't really force you to have to weigh your items, such as eBay, where it's a light, something light. You got to make sure it's less than one pound, just so that you are actually offering or charging your customer. If you do charge um, your customer freight, you need to make sure that they're within the correct uh, price. But now this is going to force new sellers, and the whole idea on Poshmark was it was really good for people who are brand brand new to selling on e-commerce it was a customer friendly thing and now you start going to baskets bins candle holders things that could be over five pounds so now people are going to have to buy a um, weighing scale they're going to have to make sure their item is within the 10 pound maximum range and you can um, change your label if your item is over five pounds you just need to upgrade it and change it to uh, the maximum is 10 pounds for priority mail so this is where I can understand that there's going to be some mix-up and there's going to be a lot of frustration but this is where I feel like Poshmark needs to go and make a video as to what they feel is going to be appropriate and just some reminder videos of having to make sure that people use the correct labels when it comes to the heavier items. Another thing that is a category is wall art. 
It says art and decals. Now the interpretation of art and decals, keep in mind, it could be a huge piece of artwork. Now, as long as that, I'm going to be honest, I have used huge boxes and those boxes were less than five pounds and USPS um, accepted them because it was within less, less than five pounds. But the box was huge. It was only t almost 20 inches long, but it was for boots. And I used a large USPS box and I weighed everything, made sure that it was with less than 10 pounds and it was, and they still accepted it because of Poshmark's rules, as long as it weighs less than five pounds, doesn't matter what the dimensions are, you still get to pass through within those parameters. The problem that we're gonna have is people's interpretations of art and decals could start to get really crazy, especially the other category of display shelves. Well, how long are these shelves? How heavy are these shelves? People really need to be mindful of what they're putting within those categories, and that's where I feel like it starts to get crazy. The next category is going to be holiday. Now this is going to, and I, I know why people are starting to feel like it's going to get really messy and Mercari-like, which is the garage sale vibes. So you have garland, you have holiday blankets and throws, holiday decor, holiday pillows, ornaments, string lights, and wreaths. So the problem with this is that you start getting crazy colors and the aesthetics similar to if you were on your Instagram. Poshmark is an app based and it's similar to Instagram. Now your feed, after seeing something that looks like a beautiful shoe, you'll go and see like a crazy out of nowhere garland for your Christmas tree and it just so happens to be June. So that's where I feel like people's confusion of what they're going to see. It's going to be a lot of breaking up of stuff and people are going to be really confused as to what they're looking at. So that's where there may be a turn off in terms of why does it start looking to mark like Mercari and that's where they really push for you to change your markets and really if you're searching for shoes or searching for clothing be really mindful and change to the markets. But if you're like me and you're lazy and you're just trying to check what's going on on your feed, that's that's it. I really look up my feed to see how other people are photographing things and how they're telling their stories through photos. That's one of my things. Um, the other thing is wreaths. Wreaths are huge and the same concept is that you're going to be having a lot of boxes and I feel that as long as it's less than five pounds, it's okay. I just feel that a lot of people have also already been upset with USPS. Um, with how they handle the packages. Now keep in mind, if you're constantly having massive boxes that are 20, 25 inches long, and they're less than five pounds, you're having these things taking up a lot of space, and then you're having these from sellers throughout the entire country. So this could potentially be another problem going on in terms of the logistical aspects of these bigger ticket items. Now in terms of bedding, you have blankets, you have throws, you have comforters, duvet covers, mattress covers, pillows, quilts, sheets. Now the bedding category is just so bulky and people really have to be mindful whether or not this is going to be even within the 10 pound range. It is doable. There are things that you can buy that are going to be less than 10 pounds. It's just more of being mindful of what you're buying. Now for bath, you have beach bath towels, beach towels, hand towels, mats, shower curtains, vanity trays, washcloths. 
And then party supplies. This is the one that really, I don't understand why they added this category. It's really confusing. It says cake, candles, cake toppers, cards and invitations, decorations, favors, gift wrap, hats, party lights, and tableware. And then you have office, arts and crafts, binders and folders, calendars, labels and label makers, notebooks and journals, pencil cases, planners, shipping supplies, stationery, and finally, storage and organization, closet accessories, drawer liners, garment bags, jewelry organiz organizers, makeup organizers, and storage. Now, that is a lot, and a lot of these are open for interpretation. And the thing that I've been seeing on Poshmark, especially when it comes to home goods, is that it's just gone to the point where I'm even looking at it right now. So right now people are, are taking photos, and I'm really glad that they're taking photos within the niche of and the how um, in the spirit of how Poshmark works. A lot of the photos have been taken, and they're they're beautiful fig, like photos, very aesthetically pleasing to the eye, and very artistically done. So I appreciate that. I was really afraid that a lot of the pictures were going to look scary and just didn't look had a more like garage sale vibes. But I feel that because people are more concerned about how these new home goods are going to look within their Poshmark closet that they're going to be more mindful of how they take pictures. So now what I do want to say and my own personal strategy for how I plan on selling on Poshmark. So the irony is that I, I posted on Poshmark my first, it was a Kate Spade picture frame and I've had it on eBay and on Mercari and Depop for quite some time. And the very same day that we were finally able to post something on Poshmark, I immediately cross-posted it. There was a lot of home decor that I do sell on eBay that I hadn't been able to cross-post over to Poshmark. And I knew it was something that people would like because Kate Spade and the aesthetic would go with someone's personal style. Now, the, immediately after I posted on Poshmark, like an hour later, I sold it on Mercari. So that's how I knew that I was on the right track. It just depends on sometimes you cross post it and it triggers some like good energy and good vibes to finally get a sale and I, that was a good sale that I got um I hadn't had I'm gonna be honest with you guys I haven't had a sale after that like in two weeks or so the one sale that I got when I got back from Chicago the person wants to return it and it's because it doesn't fit and that's on eBay so that's that's normal you get a lot of returns on eBay but it becomes it starts to become very frustrating especially if you're a small seller you just need to set aside some of that money and just be really mindful. Um, the frustrating part I know, especially if you're new and you're counting on that money, is like when there is a return, you wonder like, where am I going to get the money from to pay this person back? So it just starts to get really frustrating, especially if you have that 30-day return policy wait period. It is frustrating, and I understand that. Um, but I, I would prefer to use returns versus no returns because a vast majority of people will buy things and if it doesn't work they just don't even want to put in the effort to return it because it does take effort to return an item. Now going into the new home goods, the home decors and my personal style and what my take is going to be on that. I know a lot of people's strategy is going to be okay 
I'm just, as much as I can, let's just go ahead and throw it out there and post it because the more items you have in your store, the more likely you are to sell something. And that's great. That's fine if you're going to be one of those people who's going to just go, excuse me, the garage sale route. Um, but if you're an actual person who has a closet that's curated towards your personal style, you need to be mindful of how you're going to incorporate home decor within the type of items that you sell so that when someone's scrolling through your feed it's not like okay you just have random photos of things that just don't match so my strategy for why I'm going to first sell things on in the home goods category the things that I am going to sell in the home goods category are going to be lighter items something that I can keep within that five pound range um, and it's going to be I'll do like small things like books some picture frames and um, I also don't want to deter um, deter people from trying to do bundle discounts so if they do shoes with a picture frame it's not that bad if they do shoes with the book it's not that bad I know it's not going to go over the 10 pound range and that's why I don't want to automatically do the 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 duvets or mattress stuff because there's no opportunity for bundling there you've already maxed out your weight so for me it's mostly about trying to get smaller items things that I can package within one box and not have to completely split up sales that's where you start getting yourself in a little pickle if it, the mattress material is too heavy and now you have to go ahead and set aside and tell your customer you need to create another order because this label is too heavy so my strategy is trying to put books that are within the aesthetics of my closet, the, the image that I want to try to convey, and I also want to add, clear out some of my, my closet as well. So this is really good because my husband is a bibliophile. He loves to read, and he said he's going to give me some books that I, he can go ahead and clear out. So it works for both of us because it's something that I'm not sourcing. I'm not actively sourcing for, and that's good. The other thing that I was going to mention, and I know a lot of people are um, talking about this, is because people don't know how to source for other categories, so why would they start sourcing for this too? Um, yes, this is going to be difficult because... Because it's a new market, there are not going to be as many sold comps on Poshmark for you to really compare. So if you're going out there and just automatically spending all this capital, I would be really, I would use Sellhound or Check a Flip. But the problem is that this market is so new on Poshmark that it may take you quite some time before you can actually sell your item, because it's going to be harder for you to find comps on the actual platform to see how much it's going to sell for. So you're going to have to wait a little bit because we don't have the data to support those decisions. However, if you're someone like me, who's just trying to get things out of her closet, things out of her house to clean up, just be mindful of how the colors are looking in your closet, what your uh, Poshmark closet looks like, and to stay true to your own personal style within your Poshmark closet. Um, I don't recommend automatically going out and buying home goods, especially if you don't know what you're doing, if you're brand brand new to Poshmark. Um, focus on selling things that you already have in your house, and then go and buy things that thrifted items, not brand new items. I, I wouldn't recommend you going. And um, the thing is with that category of bath towels, 
And, I mean, even a thrift, like, I hope people are doing brand new items. The problem is people are going to start misinterpreting some of these items and without clear indications such as bath towels. Like, you want to make sure that those are new and not used. Like, I don't want people going to the bins and then going and listing stuff that are unwashed. That's when the aesthetics of the app are going to go down if people don't have clear guidance as to what is supposed to be listed. So I feel like Poshmark really needs to start having clearer guidelines. And as of right now, the home goods category, the, the pictures look good. They look like it's more elevated style. But if it starts getting messy and it starts to really look like a thrift store, that's when we're going to have a serious problem. And that's why I feel like they need to step in and say, hey, this is a good example of what needs to be done. And this is an example of what not to put on here. We've been seeing really weird things on there. I think people were trying to list their beds on there. That just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. There's no way someone would be able to ship that item through Poshmark. And there, there are no local pickups on Poshmark. So people really need to understand what this app is for. And I really hope that um, if you're selling on the platform, that, that even though it's summer slowdown, this is a good opportunity to kind of test the waters and see if the home goods department is good for you and to see what else that you can do to help build your sales going into August and back to school and then Q4. I know it sounds crazy that we're already in June. We're already halfway through the year. And that's why I try to do these podcasts every single week because I do listen back to them and I realize how I have evolved even in the six months. My strategy, especially going in the beginning, we get really hyped about what's going on and like we have all these goals. I haven't, I honestly, I try to achieve some of them. I'm taking baby steps, but between all the things that are going on in my personal life, me trying to build my YouTube channel, me trying to work at my day job and train new people and it's construction season too, so it's the busy season at my day job. And I'm really blessed that that, that industry is the complete opposite of time of when the busy season is for e-commerce, so I'm not completely burned out. Um, the thing is I need to find time, especially after my trip, I had to go home and take care of all of the the home stuff and organizing and just getting back on back on track in terms of my e-commerce and really take a look at my e-commerce sales, which is my foundation of my side hustle. Um, and now that it's summer slowdown and I feel it, I'm in the same boat, I know a lot of people start panicking. But there are other ways that you can make money. It's it's going to seem like tedious work doing all those surveys or going out. And um, and I, also in the summertime, too, even with summer slowdown, you go to a retail store, yes. There are part-time jobs there, but I've worked in retail. I managed in retail, worked for re in retail for 11 years, and that's also why I still choose to sell on Poshmark. Is because I work in construction, but I still really enjoy something that's related to fashion. And that's why I still sell on the platform and sell on e-commerce to have that fix of things, finding new homes for thrifted items or things that I think are beautiful and need to be worn by others instead of being thrown in a landfill. Um, but yeah, they're going into next week, I'm really going to try to see if I can post more items, post more items in the home category, and next weekend, I'm also volunteering at the Folklore um, event here in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll be volunteering and helping that social media team. 
So we'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting. I'm trying to get myself out there, take more opportunities, and say yes to a lot more opportunities. Um, but other than that, I think I'm going to leave the podcast here. So um, you can always contact me um, at safesessionnl at gmail.com if you have any questions. Or if, you can also, if you're not already following me, follow me on Instagram at safesessionnl. That's usually where I put um, daily tips and tricks on how to save and sell one day at a time. But this week I think I'm going to take a little break though. I need to really focus on getting my active listings up so that people can do more bundles on my Poshmark closet. So I'm going to leave the podcast here. I hope you have a wonderful week and you find different ways to save and sell one day at a time.